I'm Andrea Hope, and this is To Mother. Episode 28, The Twin Holy Birthdays. Hi everyone, this is Andrea Hope, a Baha'i mom and a poet, among many other things, and this is my podcast, To Mother, where I share my insights and reflections about parenting with purpose in the modern world. So I share some quotes from the Baha'i writings that inspire me, some practical tips and resources, and most of the time, my poetry. Now, today we are going to be talking about the twin holy birthdays because the celebration of them is coming up this weekend for Baha'is. And here we celebrate the birth of Baha'u'llah and the birth of the Bab, who are the two prophets of the Baha'i faith. So it's an interesting concept that they're called the twin prophets. They come in close succession to one another, even though their stations are different. So the Bab came to be the gate to prepare people for the coming of the Prince of Peace, for the promised one of all ages. And Baha'u'llah came to fulfill that promise and to really instill all new religious practices that encourage the unity of mankind, the equality of men and women, and the fundamental principles of the Baha'i faith. And so this is a very interesting concept to me because so much of life we're trying to like separate, well, it's either this or it's this. But in the Baha'i faith, there are so many writings that say, well, it's this and it's this. So they're separate, but they're also one. So that's fascinating to me. And usually the twin birthdays are celebrated the days right after each other. But because of how the conversion to the Gregorian calendar worked for a lot of people who weren't in the East, you were celebrating each birthday at different times of the year. And so what happened in 2014 is that the Universal House of Justice, the guiding body for the Baha'is, made an announcement that everyone would start celebrating these days one right after the other, but that they would change each year because of the conversion. So the quote that I wanted to read today was from that letter just to help people get kind of an understanding because it can be a little challenging at first to remember, okay, what the dates are because usually when you say, oh, it's the birthday, then you want to be able to say, okay, it's this date. And it changes for us. So here I'm going to read from the 10 July 2014 message to the Baha'is of the world. The festivals of the twin birthdays, the birth of the Bab and the birth of Baha'u'llah, have, in the East, been traditionally observed according to their correspondence to the first and second days of Muharram in the Islamic calendar. These two days are accounted as one in the sight of God, Baha'u'llah affirms. Yet a letter written on behalf of the guardian states, in the future, no doubt all of the holy days will follow the solar calendar, and provisions be made as to how the twin festivals will be celebrated universally. How to satisfy the intrinsic lunar character of these blessed days within the context of a solar calendar has hitherto been unanswered. We have decided that they will now be observed on the first and the second day following the occurrence of the eighth new moon after Naru's, as determined in advance by astronomical tables using Tehran as the point of reference. This will result in the observance of the twin birthdays moving year to year within the months of Mashiach, Ilm, and Kudrat of the body calendar, or from mid-October to mid-November according to the Gregorian calendar. So I understand that this is going to take a while for Baha'is to get adjusted to. It's already, I can't believe it was in 2014. I feel like it was not that long ago that this big decision was made. And the beauty of this is that Baha'is all over the world are celebrating 
these holidays in the same time period and that of course we're upholding the idea that they are one in the sight of God. Now I just wanted to clarify because of the purpose of this podcast because it's once a week and they both come up this weekend I'll just be doing the one episode on them but Baha'is do celebrate them separately so it's not like there's just one event and that covers both of them but there's an event for the birth of the Bab and an event for the birth of Baha'u'llah so it's like a two-day festival which is really exciting. Some other holidays actually work like this in American society like Thanksgiving or Mother's Day where you don't know the exact date but you're looking for the certain time of year that it happens. So yeah, that's a little bit of background (laughs) about the celebration of the twin birthdays. And of course, there's so much about the significance of these days that I encourage each of us to try and study ourselves and um, have a greater understanding of. And of course, uh, do this with our kids because this is all about mothering and parenting. So of course, we also want to read stories and have these conversations with our children. I think to discuss the significance of these birthdays is a whole deep conversation that can be had as families and in communities that I dare not even (laughs) go into because I don't feel like I could adequately reflect on it. But some questions that came to mind regarding this was why this time period was the time that humanity was ready to receive these prophets. Why was that area of the world chosen to be the place where they were born? What were the circumstances of their birth and how does that compare to the families and the circumstances of other prophets? And why specifically to celebrate their births? It might seem more clear why we celebrate Rizwan or the Declaration of the Bab as being the point where they reveal themselves, but we also celebrate their births, and we commemorate their passing. So for the Bab, it was a martyrdom, and for Baha'u'llah, it's the ascension, and we celebrate births. So even the whole concept, the whole discussion around the significance of these life events, so what is the significance of birth, the significance of coming into your calling, in a sense, that we do and that the prophets do on a whole different level, and the significance of your death from this world. So I can't give any answers to these that I that would be adequate, but I thought these are some of the questions that would be really interesting to reflect on and to read about in celebrating these twin birthdays. So on that note of things to do with our children, my living the life tip today is to adorn your yard. Now, I had this idea about adorning your yard because a lot of people are actually doing it anyway at this time and I think it's a great opportunity to join in the fun from our perspective and promoting the ideals that we want to promote. So people are decorating their yard already for Halloween. Some people are just doing fall because maybe they're not comfortable with Halloween or they prefer just to do fall. Um, People have done it for birthdays or special occasions and I've seen a lot of people also do it for social action reasons. So they're putting quotes. I've seen quotes of Martin Luther King in people's yards. Of course, people put signs of their political affiliation in the yard, which we wouldn't do as Baha'is, but people are really using their yards as a way to make a statement. Partially, it's something that happens in the season anyway to decorate your yard, but also because so many people are staying at home, I think they're really uh, taking this opportunity to decorate their yards. So I think it would be really cool to put up a quote from the Baha'i writings that you feel like reflects your family or maybe the season 
and to decorate maybe balloons or there's all these really cool things that you can get to decorate your yard. One of the quotes I was thinking of was, ye are the fruits of one tree and the leaves of one branch um, because fall reminds us so much of leaves. That'd be really cool to use those fall colors of oranges and reds and yellows and browns. And so, yeah, I would just encourage people to decorate, adorn your yard and take opportunity to make a statement um, that is close to your heart. Now, of course, everyone doesn't have yards. You might just have a little section in the front of your house. If you have a townhouse, like we're staying in a townhouse now and it has a little porch area that could easily be decorated. But a lot of people are also in apartments, which we're going to be in when we finally move to somewhere settled. And so you might not be able to do it in your yard. Some other ideas is to adorn your door. So you could put quotes and put decorations on your door with your children or to adorn your windows. So that's another idea is you can put like window decals and things like that so that people walking by can see it. So uh, on that note, please do tell me if you and your family are going to put any decorations up or what you think about that idea. And if you do, I'd love to also see pictures. And yeah, let me know if you do decorations and how it works and how you decided what to put up. And my email is info at andreahope.org. And you can always re-listen to this podcast and see my links at tomother.buzzsprout.com. And that's where I have all of my show notes and things like that. And so to go along with that, I'm going to give the resource. There's an Etsy store called A Gladsome Heart, and they have a couple of banners that are already pre-designed that can be printed to put in your yard. So I thought that was really great to give a shout out to A Gladsome Heart, and I'll put the link in my show notes. And of course, it might be a little bit too late for you to order it for this weekend. I believe the shop is out of California. But some ideas would be to maybe see if you can purchase the digital file and have it printed more close to you or to see if you can get them to design something specially for you that you could have printed locally. And then, of course, you could just design something yourself. There's all these little websites where you can get free pictures. And because you're not selling it, you're just using it for personal use. You can create a picture and put the text on it. And that could be a cool activity too. So if your kids are a bit older and they're into design or it's something that they could do probably on their computers because kids are so great with computers these days, that could be something where you ask your children to help you pick a photo and to design it and pick a quote. And that whole experience could be something that you do together. So my resource is a gladsome heart because it would be great to support that business, which is owned by Baha'is. But you can also do it yourself. If you really, really want to get like, you know, crafty, <laughs> you can even use cardboard boxes and cut out big letters or something like that, just leaves of one tree or something like that yourself and paint them and put them on sticks and everything like that. So if you really want to get crafty, you can even use recycled boxes and, and have that be a family activity. So yes, that is my reading my living the life tip and my resource for this week and like I said you can always reach out and contact me and share your ideas and questions and pictures and any of that good stuff and I also made these little pages that can be used for preschoolers where they can use fall stickers to outline maybe you've seen this before where it helps with their hand-eye coordination and their skills and learning numbers and letters where they use little dot stickers or different types of stickers to outline their name. So in my case, I put the years that the prophets were born 
So Baha'u'llah was born in Tehran, Iran in 1817, and then they could use the stickers to outline 1817. And then the Bab was born in Shiraz, Iran in 1819. And so the same idea that they would use the stickers to outline it. could also easily go to your local arts and craft stores and get some fall stickers or sunshine, or I would just encourage to get something that is related to the faith or to the time period instead of just like random stickers. So because they were both born in the fall, like we read that it's always going to be around this time of year, October, November. That's why I thought fall leaves would be really cool or sunshine, like the glory of God or anything that you feel like, oh, these would be really appropriate for this time of year. So you can email me to get a copy of that. You can also look for the link to where I'm going to post about it on the Facebook page for To Mother in the show notes. Again, that's tomother.buzzsprout.com. And happy holy days. <laughs> so to end, I will read a poem that I actually found on the Bicentenary website. Oh, that's another thing that's really great. So if you're looking for ideas, there are these big celebrations and websites that gave the international arts that people did during the bicentenaries of the birth of the Bab and the birth of Baha'u'llah. So that's a great place to just look at pictures. Oh, there's Azalea. <laughs> that's a great place to just look at pictures and get inspiration of what to do with your family. But from that page, I am going to read a poem. So this poem is from a believer in Ghana, and it doesn't say the author's name, but it says that the title is Divine Shepherds of Humanity. In the darkest corner of the earth, at a time when the world is rent by religious dissension and calamity and chaos have struck all lands, a must-laden fragrance is wafted over all created things, and all humanity is given new life. The Almighty has fulfilled his promise once more. The one true God has ordained that in every age and dispensation, a pure and stainless soul shall be made manifest in the kingdoms of earth and heaven. And thus he sent to us Abraham, the friend of God, Moses, he who held converse with God, Jesus, the spirit of God, Muhammad, the seal of the prophets, the Bab, the central orb, and Baha'u'llah, the glory of God. They came to reveal the beauty of God and manifest his names and attributes. They were the very voices of God on earth, but they left us with an admonishment not to identify the human temple with the supreme reality of God, but a mere vehicle of his glorious revelation. We must always remember that though they came with diverse names, they are all but one and the same. They have all served one God, promulgated the same truth, and reflected the same light, the light of our God on high. In this day, Baha'u'llah is come to fulfill the covenant God made with Abraham, some thousands of years before us, that he shall never leave man alone. He is the promised one of all ages. He is the incarnation of the everlasting Father, the Lord of hosts come down. The Christendom Christ returned in the glory of the Father, the return of the Imam Hussein, the descent of the Spirit of God, the promised Shah Bahram, the reincarnation of Krishna, the fifth Buddha, the divine Joseph, the grace of God shall never cease from flowing. To Mother is an individual initiative and provides only the personal reflections and insights of its creator. That's me. 
For more information about the Baha'i faith, including access to the official writings and contacts for Baha'is in your community, please visit Baha'i.org.